You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you guys all of my favorite tips on how to truly create the healthiest, most non-toxic home we possibly can. And so the recommendations that I'm going to be going through range from free, cheap, and easy to some of my favorite biohacks that I've learned and kind of added into our home throughout the years. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be, I've got lots of notes here. I've got everything down based on like the really simple things to start with. And then I kind of break down room by room so that you can kind of take a good, you know, mental note for yourself on areas that you can either improve on areas that you're doing good on. And so the first place that I want to start when we talk about indoor, uh, indoor air or sorry, indoors or indoor air quality, that's like the most important because especially in the winter time, we're spending a ton of time in our home, especially if you're remote, maybe your office is at home, we're spending a lot of time indoors. And so air quality really is the most important. And so if you do live in a place where it's winter, um, obviously we don't have the ability to open our windows, but opening your windows and allowing that fresh air outside, assuming that you don't live in a city where there's a lot of air pollution, um, which I know some people do. Uh, and that's obviously, we'll talk about kind of some ways to combat that. But if you live in a clean environment, opening your windows can be super beneficial. And so even though it's winter here, you know, you can open your window for three to five minutes, let some fresh air in, Uh, depending on how cold it is out. Um, That's why in the spring, summer, fall, I have the windows open whenever possible. I love getting a fresh breeze through. You can always check your indoor air quality on the iPhone. They even have that you have the ability to check the, sorry, the outdoor air quality. So right now ours is 28, which is super good. It gives you like a scale of green, yellow, orange, purple, and then like all the way to maroon, which is like very, very high. I remember when my friend uh, was, her area was getting wildfires out in California, hers was like all the way. And so obviously, you know, you're not going to open the windows. So that's free, cheap, and easy, right? House plants, free, cheap, and easy. So not only are house plants a phenomenal decor, they just really add like a touch of, I don't know, they had such a nice aesthetic, I think, to a room, hence why I have a million of them. Um, but they also are really, really good at helping to improve indoor air quality. So some of my particular favorites for air quality. Spider plants are one of the best at recycling CO2. Um, They're really good at minimizing effects of like flame retardants and um, all of those kind of like POVs um, that can be emitted off of our furniture, which that's something we'll dive into. But house plants are just a really great way to mimic that. I love spider plants. Like I spider plants, snake plants, aloe plants, uh, ferns are really great. I really like peace lilies a lot. Um, those are some of like my top favorites, but any plant is going to be great. I mean, a succulent is not, is not, is necessarily like air cleansing is some other plants, but I still love my succulents. They're easy to keep healthy. They still add, they're super cute. Um, but I do try to have, I do try to have something in every room if I can, just because, uh, you know, I'm spending various hours 
in certain rooms. And so that's something that I, I, I try to always have house plants. If you're, if you go into my in-person office, it's loaded with plants because I just want to create one, like a really super healing environment. And two, I really just love the atmosphere that those plants create. I feel like they're just healing in themselves. So grab yourself some house plants, try to put one in every room if you can. Um, another thing kind of that I mentioned on house, house plants is really checking out uh, potential areas of flame retardants that can be in your air. So all of our furniture is off-gassing. We can't necessarily smell it. Like if you get new furniture, you kind of have that new smell, but things can off-gas for months to years. And so don't necessarily like go throughout your couch right now, but that's why when we bought our first house, we had a lot of furniture that was kind of like passed down to us, which I was actually kind of grateful for because it's on its tail end of off-gassing. And so when we go forward to purchasing more furniture, I'm going to make sure that it's non-toxic. We switched out our bed to a uh, birch mattress because all of these things are constantly, constantly, constantly off-gassing. Carpets, right? They off-gas. Um, but kind of with that, we can kind of mitigate some of the effects of that by either having furniture sit out before you bring it into your house. So if you get a new mattress or you get something, have it sit out in the garage, have it sit out in a space where it can kind of off gas a little bit. But then when you bring it in, um, you know, it's just note that it, like, if you are still getting a product with flame retardants, that there is still a chance of it able to off gas in the home. Um, obviously you can mitigate that with plants, but like we also mentioned, air quality is really important. And so you can have your windows open more, you can have more house plants. You can also mitigate a lot of, so a lot of these things also from our furniture, from our lifestyle, congregate in dust. And so vacuuming frequently is really important, especially if you have a pet. Vacuuming is one of the best ways that you can cleanse your air, uh, vacuuming and dusting. So because Tala sheds and we also have a cat, which when you walk in our house, you wouldn't know that we have animals because I love keeping it clean. Uh, so I do vacuum probably two to three times a week minimum. When she's blowing her coat, I'm probably vacuuming every other day or every other day, every other day or every day, dusting pretty frequently because that's all just kind of like debris particles that can contribute to air quality. Um, dust can hold on to things like plastics, phthalates, flame retardant, PO, POC, POVs, um, palatal organic compounds, um, stuff like that. Essential oils are also really great. You guys know I'm a big fan of essential oils. I love essential oils for purifying the air. I do not use our air purifier when I am doing essential oils. Um, oh, VOCs. I knew I was backwards somewhere. Volatile organic compounds, VOCs, not POVs. I don't know what I was talking about. It has been a really busy day today. I have been doing lives. I've been on calls all day. I just got out of the office. I ran in to do a patient. So bear with me. <laughs> Volatile organic compounds. That's kind of what's found in these off-gassing things. Um, so essential oils are great. I love using them to help purify the air. So any citrus is really great for purifying. Lemon, citrus. Uh, doTERRA has two blends, Abode and... What is their other one that's like very cleansing? Abode is one of my recent ones because I add a few drops to the Branch Basic Substitute to give it 
some more clean boosting powers, but I've done a few different episodes on essential oils. Well, I did one with Carrie Cootie and then there's actually, I'm doing one that's being released, I think the week after this one, if not soon, all on essential oils for hormones. But anyways, you can definitely use essential oils to help purify and detoxify your air. Um, the cool part about it is that you can really use them really however you need them. So those are great. And then, you know, kind of at the top end of being able to biohack your home would be to invest in an air purifier. And so the reason I love the air doctor so much is because there's not only there's, there's two separate filters. So there's the HEPA filter and then the carbon filter. So the HEPA one is the black filter that you probably see me showing because it really captures all of the dust and the dander. Um, we have the, we have one that's downstairs in our main area that that covers up to, I forget, 500 to a thousand square feet. So that's kind of like perfect for like the downstairs level, especially since it's right in the kitchen, which is open to the living room, which is open to the dining room. And it is fairly open to the formal, uh, the formal living room. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's really open and getting a lot of that circulation. And we do also have one up in our bedroom, but when we first started, I would just carry the one that we had and I would carry it to our bed every single night. So, I mean, it's really, it's not heavy. You can absolutely carry it wherever you need it to be carried. But now we just got to a point where it's just easy to have a smaller one in our bedroom that's always going. And then the one that's downstairs, is always going. I love the air doctor. It's my, by far my favorite air filter. I think it does the best job. I will link it in the show notes for $300 off. It's a really great investment if you want to. But like I said, I just listed a ton of other free ones or free things that you can do for indoor air quality, right? Opening your windows, getting some house plants, making swaps for better furniture, which obviously that's an investment. But when something runs out, you got to buy something else anyways. Uh, vacuuming, dusting using essential oils can be fairly inexpensive. And then air purifiers, again, is at kind of the end, the top of that. So while we're kind of on air quality, we're going to move to the kitchen. So creating a non-toxic kitchen environment. So one of the biggest things is what we're cooking with. So we don't want to be cooking with pots and pans that we can scrape off of, right? Like you don't want like to be eating what the, like part of the pan. Um, so I prefer stainless steel. I also will sometimes use cast iron. I really like cast iron, but stainless steel is pretty much my go-to. Um, so you don't want to be cooking out of, out of cheap things where you can see like marks of the knife that you're using or marks of, you know, that you're essentially eating the pan. Um, a lot of them are coated with different chemicals. So I, I really like stainless steel, uh, for, for other cooking purposes and just kind of things in your kitchen, really trying to minimize any plastics. We don't drink out of plastic. We usually just, or we only will drink out of stainless steel cups or glass mason jars uh, or glass cups. That's all that we come out of that we drink out of, or, you know, ceramic mugs, uh, that's really it. No plastics, minimizing that as much as possible. Your dishwasher. So having better dishwasher pods, because what you are washing your dishes with is going to end up on what you're eating. So I really love the dishwasher pods from doTERRA. They're really great, but I've also gotten ones from Amazon before that I think I've linked in my non-toxic highlight on my Instagram. 
uh, and then dish soap. So I personally for dish soap just use the Branch Basics all-purpose spray and I spray it onto the dishes, wash it off. That works really good because the Branch Basics is nice because it comes in a concentrate and then you fill it to your laundry, you fill it to your bathroom, you fill it to your all-purpose cleaner, your window cleaner, uh, hand soap, all all of that kind of stuff. And so the concentrate makes multitude of different things, which is really, really useful. So there's that. Another thing that is really interesting is what you're cooking or sorry, what you're, what kind of cooking, what you're making your coffee out of. So coffee makers are filled with plastic. They're filled with BPAs, which are endocrine disrupting. And this is kind of a journey that I've just recently been on. So the glass coffee pot that we had, it was glass. But then, yeah, there were plastic attachments, and I don't know if they were BPA-free. So my favorite non-toxic coffee swaps would be either a glass and stainless steel French press or a percolator. The worst things that you can do are the Keurig pods and plastic coffee makers because the plastic is constantly heating up every day. And then then you're heating plastic up because the inside of a Keurig is plastic, and then you're heating microplastics up and you're drinking that. So those are the worst. However, there are some stainless steel attachments that you can get if you really like your Keurig. There's some stainless steel little pods that you can get that are reusable. So you'll just have to put your own grounds in. But if you really like your Keurig, that's a better option. We've been using a French press. You can get them for $20. They're glass with stainless steel handle. It makes phenomenal coffee. It is the most inexpensive way. The only thing, you know, you just have to grind. We use fresh coffee grounds, fresh organic non-tox coffee grounds. We'll either use like Bulletproof, Keon, or local coffee here. And, you know, I grind it up. I use filtered Berkey water, put it in, uh, you know, you get it up to just about till a boil. And then you put it in. I wait about 10 minutes, press it down and we have great coffee. I am looking to invest in a percolator because when we host or, you know, when we travel, I probably will bring also the French press, but a percolator is just a really cool thing to have. I heard it's like amazing coffee. I always love when my dad makes it. So that's probably going to be another investment for us, but just think about something. Uh, think about what you're, you're using for coffee. Like I said, a French press, I bought mine for $20. Like they're very inexpensive and it really doesn't take that much extra work because I got to grind the beans anyways. You can save time and grind the beans the night before. You really just got to let the water boil or get too close to a boil and then kind of let it sit for however strong you like your coffee. So it really is not a hard ask by any means. Um, Obviously you guys know this, but what you're cooking with in terms of oils is a good kitchen swap, right? We're not using inflammatory vegetable oils. We're using either grass-fed butter, ghee, coconut oil, a high-quality avocado oil, or using olive oil on our salads. Um, you also, in your kitchen, want good ventilation. So I really would love a custom hood one day in my future kitchen. I would love them. I just think they look amazing. Uh, but you know, if I'm cooking something and there's kind of a lot of steam, I'll make sure I turn the fan on that's on the microwave. That's probably the only reason I use the microwave. Uh, I don't cook much in the microwave. If I reheat something, I always reheat it on the stove in a stainless steel pan, mainly because I feel like it reheats the food evenly. And two, I mean, just being around a uh, microwave does expose you to EMF. Um, so I mean, 
do I absolutely never use it? No, like there are some situations where I use it, but I really try to not use it that often. But I will use the fan option on it because it's not turning it on. It's just using the fan to blow things away. The air doctor is going in the summer. I obviously make sure there's, you know, the overhead fan on really good air circulation because when you are cooking, you are off gassing, depending on what you're cooking, depending on the temperature that you're getting it up to. So just making sure there's good airflow in there is really important to make sure that is all dissipating. And then you obviously want to make sure you've got good water quality that you're either drinking or using in the cooking that you're doing, giving to your animals, giving to your kids. We use the Berkey. There are some other options. Like there's one that people use that is kind of very similar to a Brita. I cannot think of the name. It always escapes me, but just ingredients on Instagram talks about it. Aquatrue, I want to no, Aquatrue is a different one, but we use Berkey. You can use code Dr. Haley for a 10% discount on any of the Berkey's or any of the Berkey replacement filters. So that kind of wraps it up for kitchen. Right? We talked about stainless steel, using like good dishwasher, good dish soap, checking out your coffee maker, obviously talking about the oils, good ventilation, uh, water. Oh, one good thing also about cleaning out your disposal drain, your garbage disposal, baking soda, vinegar, and lemon peels or lemon essential oil does a phenomenal job. I am always cleaning out the stainless steel sink and running the garbage disposal. I'm always cleaning the drains in the kitchen just because, you know, whatever's stuck in the drain can come up to, it can contribute to air quality. And that also leads me to the bathrooms. So one thing that I'm always doing also within the bathrooms, including in the tub and the sinks is also doing that same thing with apple or, uh, with vinegar and baking soda, just kind of like that lava, that volcano experiment that we all did in, you know, fourth, fifth grade, where it kind of really creates a foam and it looks like a volcano explosion. I do that in my drains at least once a month. I heard this on a podcast a few months ago for mitigating mold exposure in your drains. And so proactively, I like to do it very frequently. Um, in the kitchen, I probably do it at least once or twice a week. And then I use vinegar and baking soda to clean the stainless steel on like on the sink in the sink. And then I also use it down the drain as well, both sides of the drain, especially the garbage disposal. And then sometimes I'll add a drop or two of essential oil, like lemon or the abode one, because it's very cleansing. Um, but what's in your drains can affect your air quality. And if you are someone who's exposed to mold or has a very high sensitivity to mold, mold is crawling in your drains, especially like we think about the bathroom where it's damp, it's hot. It's like the perfect place for mold to grow. So definitely making sure you're doing that. Um, you know, try to make sure that you have like hard floors, tile, or, uh, you know, not as you don't want a lot of carpeting and things where it can get wet and get trapped in there and create mold. So, um, you know, make sure that your caulk is always like freshly done around your bathtub so that water's not able to get in there and create mold. Mold is probably a really big thing, um, that I've especially have learned in practice. And so clean out your vents once a month, baking soda, probably, I don't know. I don't measure. I just pour it down the drain and then I pour the vinegar until I feel like it's bubbly enough and sufficient. I clean my showers with that same recipe, baking soda, vinegar, you clean it out. It's just, it's just the best recipe and it's non-toxic because especially in bathrooms, there's not very good airflow. So if you're using Clorox and you're using these conventional cleaning products, it's really allowing all of those toxic things to stay in your bathroom and you continue to be exposed to it. And a lot of those things are very carcinogenic and some of them are even really linked to lung issues, asthma, 
um, upper respiratory issues, and you know, they're even some of them are carcinogenic. So really making sure that you're using healthy cleaners. The baking soda vinegar is like the best trick ever, but then also, you know, we use the branch basic concentrate, like I mentioned. There's some other good brands. I just choose that one because it's easy across the board. I have it for laundry, for all purpose, for windows, for bathroom, for hand soap. It's just it's super, super easy. And so for that reason, I love it. Um, you also want to look at what your shower curtain is made of because a lot of them are plastic and so they contain phthalates, BPA, all of that kind of stuff. And like you kind of smell that plastic off gas. So you want to kind of see if you can get a better shower curtain. Um, my future bathroom will have a walk-in shower and then I will have a cloth-up bathtub off to the side. I manifested. That's what my future bathroom is going to have. Um, but for now we have is Lovatox. I don't even know where I got it from shower curtain. The other one like had plastic attached to it. And this one is not as plasticky. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. I need to find like a good brand so I can share it with you guys. Um, but then shower and bath filters are important. So I have the links for both of the ones that I use on my Instagram non-tox highlights. I've shared those quite a few times. A little bath bubble and the shower filter are very inexpensive. I think uh, they're around like $30, $40 price range. Because if you're bathing in something and you're showering in chlorine and chemicals, you know, it just, it continues to add to toxic exposure. So as you're kind of listening to this, obviously vet where you feel like you need to make the most change, but then you know what, what, uh, what things you can work towards in the future. So then we kind of get to towel quality. So for our wedding, I asked for organic towels in my registry. So all of our towels in our house are all organic just to cut down on, you know, potential pesticide exposure. And um, they're really not that much more expensive. So you can always swap those out if you need new towels. But then again, what the towels are being washed in in the laundry room is even more important. So we can kind of transition to laundry, but laundry, I already mentioned the branch basics. Uh, a lot of people ask like what I use for fabric softener. Cause you know, they're not, there's not many out there, but I honestly just use vinegar. Vinegar is a really great fabric softener. I just put a little bit in. I really like the oxy boost that branch basics has just to help brighten your whites a little bit more or give a little bit more deeper clean. And then I love adding a drop or two of lemongrass or lemon or lime or something that's like very cleansing, uh, and helps give a smell. And then we just use wool dryer balls instead of obviously dryer sheets. So the wool dryer balls are great. They're eco-friendly. Uh, you should get organic and you can put essential oils on them that can also help to kind of give it a nice, beautiful scent for your clothes. Um, it helps anti-static. Uh, so those are kind of like my laundry room swaps. You also want to make sure your laundry room is ventilated if possible. So you know, I probably should move my air doctor in there more when I'm running the, the dryer. Um, we don't have a window to our laundry room or else I definitely would do that. But I do try to cut down on what we dry by, I air, we air dry a lot of our athleisure clothes, um, because you know, if they're a nicer brand like Lululemon or Balance or Athletica or something, I want to make them last for a long time. So we do dry a lot of the, we do air dry a lot of those things. We air dry a lot of cotton sweatshirts and things that we don't want to shrink. So we do cut down on dryer for some, for some things, um, not everything, but you know, if we do have to put something in the dryer, we have the cotton balls. So moving to the bedroom, 
I think the biggest thing with a bedroom is air quality because you spend seven to nine hours in that room. So if you do invest in an air filter, yes, you want it in your kitchen, but you also probably want to move it in your bedroom at night if you only invest in one, which is totally fine. Um, you just want to have it in your bedroom while you sleep because you want the best air quality while you're sleeping. Sometimes we'll diffuse essential oils. And if we do diffuse essential oils, I like I said, I will turn off the air doctor because it will make it run higher because it's trying to filter that out of the air. So uh, essential oils are great. I always have lots of plants in our bedroom. I, I mean, especially because that's where we're spending most of our time. I think I have two spider plants in our bedroom because that's just... That's where I want the most clean air because that's where we're sleeping. Um, and then on next to that, I think, is what you're sleeping on. So we did, like I said, invest in a organic mattress without flame retardants, and we went with birch. And we went with birch because, honestly, it was either that or avocado, and I think they were very, very comparable in terms of quality, in terms of what we were looking for in a mattress. Birch was, one, at a cheaper price point, and two, it came with two free pillows that were organic as well. So that's also why we went with that. So just full transparency. It was a little bit cheaper of a price point, but same quality. Um, they're, they seem like a little bit smaller of a company, so it was kind of nice to support them. They are very, very highly talked about uh, amongst uh, people who I really, really look up to and respect their opinion. And so I felt really good in our decision for getting that. Um, we have organic sheets that... Um, We've had for a while. I probably want to get a second pair, um, but I I definitely recommend washing your sheets at least once, if not twice a month. Um, we probably wash ours at least twice a month. Um, just especially for skincare, you want to wash your pillows every week, just because you're sleeping on it. Oil production can accumulate, bacteria can accumulate. Um, and then apart from that, really detoxing your environment from EMFs by turning your phone on airplane mode at night really shutting down your devices. So the Soma Vedic is a tool, is a, is a device that we have invested in that really helps your body deal with EMFs a little bit better. It's, a, it's not like EMF blocking, but it does help reduce oxidation due to EMF. So I always have that going. Um, but we do unplug our Wi-Fi at night. We just completely unplug it so it's not going. And then we put our phones on airplane mode so that 5G is not going and then we put them in like little EMF blocking bags. <laughs> so, you know, we, we try to do that a lot, but I really have noticed an increase in my heart rate variability. So my body's in a much more of a parasympathetic state, which is exactly what we want. And at nighttime, we want to be healing. We want to be in that parasympathetic state. So that's probably one of the biggest things I can do. If you really want to mitigate your EMF, you don't need to necessarily invest in all of these, you know, crazy EMF blocking things and gadgets. They're super cool. They're they're really fascinating, but you can just start by unplugging your phone or unplugging your Wi-Fi and turning your phone on airplane mode. I do that whenever my phone's in my pocket when I take Tala for a walk. Unless I'm on a call with somebody and I need the airplane mode to be on, like whenever I'm outside and it's in either my right or left pocket, it's on airplane mode. I always yell at Nick when his phone's in his pocket. If, he, if your phone has to be on your pocket, try to put it in your back pocket so that it's not right there next to your ovaries or your genitals because that's constant radiation that we're getting from our phone. And we don't need that radiation two inches away from our head if you sleep with your phone right on your dresser there. Our phone our phone even isn't close to us. It's, it's easily six feet away from probably both of us, and it's off, and it's on airplane mode. And 
the Wi-Fi is completely not working. So um, if you start with anything, that's free, cheap, and easy. Then you can increase your air quality. Open the windows in the summertime if you've got good air quality. Then think about investing in a lower tox mattress. I mean, there's there's lots of steps here, and I don't want you guys to think that we got here overnight. I, I don't know how long a lot of you guys have been following my journey, but I've been sharing my journey on Instagram since 2000, hmm, let me think, when did I start that account? 2016, 15, maybe 2014, started as h Fitness 16, I was just more like the fitness journey, and then, you know, obviously my journey's evolved quite a ways, I'm still a huge meathead, I love lifting, I love working out, fitness will always be a part of who I am and whatever, but I'm also like very into the holistic realm of non-toxic living and just living a holistic lifestyle. And so I'm not sure how long you guys have been following me, but I did not get here overnight. I, we did not evolve to just get here in like, you know, even a year. I'd say we've really been working on detoxifying and learning about all of these things probably for the past two to three years, like seriously taking these things as a commitment. Um, and so I don't want you to think that you need to implement all these changes overnight. A lot of you guys have probably implemented a lot of what I said, but hopefully you learned some new tips on things that you can start to add in if you haven't added them in, or if you've never heard of them, hopefully, hopefully there's some good stuff in here that you can take, take home and really start, you know, making strides and continuing to make strides. Even though I'm at this place where I think a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, she's like, you know, but I still have ways to go and I always will still have a ways to go. So there's no final destination. There's only just improvement each and every single day. And so I hope you guys found this helpful. I tried to lay it out in notes so that I could stay on point and that I wouldn't kind of jumble. I'd love to hear what questions you have. I'd love to hear if you guys thought this was helpful. Let me know if you start detoxifying your drains with the baking soda. That's like my favorite thing to do every single month. It's just so satisfying. So I can't wait to hear what you take away, what you learn, and what you start implementing. Thank you guys so much for listening.